Postgame Show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight to the Cavs, 122-99 to a game. It was not even close. Uh, Jazz, uh, second consecutive game, they uh, have gotten blown out, Coach Lacombe, and something that uh, you and I talked about a lot today uh, has not happened much uh, on this season, and it comes against a good team in the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, I saw some, you know, some things tonight, transition as the game started to kind of get away. You know, guys just – not getting back as as valiantly as they should, I guess. Um, and, and you know, the, these it's hard to go out on the road. It's hard to play these teams. Um, as I said, Milwaukee and Cleveland defensively might be as long a defensive team you're going to see all year long, and, and they create so many issues. So some frustration. But um, you know, I thought through all that that Lowry Markin and played a great game. So you take the two guys that were involved in the trade, and um, and I thought both of them approached it great. They're both efficient. Both helped, tried to help their teams, and um, you know, I, I thought they both played really well out there. Lowry only two points in the second half, though. Finished the game at twenty-four. Can't yeah. do it all, I suppose. Yeah, and, and uh, but I also believe, you know, I mean, he goes seven for twelve in thirty-two minutes. Uh, I mean, I'll take that. He's, um, but yeah, you're right. Second half, a little bit, you know, certainly not as good as the first. But again, the game was pretty much. Yeah, I was going to say, Down how much did he even play? You yeah. know, he, he played uh, 32 minutes tonight. Donovan Mitchell, uh, you uh, you said the uh, the folks down there in the desert had the over-under for Donovan tonight at 29.5. I would have absolutely taken the over, but I did not take into account the fact that Donovan wouldn't even play the entire fourth quarter because the Cavs were up by so much. He finished the game at 23 points in 23 minutes. How about this for efficiency, though? Eight of 12 from the field, four of five from three. He was great. He was efficient. You know, I wrote down his his first bucket he got, steal. He got pass and then passed it ahead and ran the floor and got a basket in transition. Um, he got a switch with Lowry, was able to kind of shake him on a step back, made that patented step back. Uh, Clarkson gave him way too much room in the zone, um, and he caught it deep kind of from the angle and shot that one in. Um, and then the last one that I, you know, there that he made kind of in that barrage, he went ball screen, Kessler picked him up a little bit low on the pickup point, um, and he just whacked that one. So he, he was efficient. He got to his game pretty quickly and didn't waste a lot of energy. Cavs shot 61% from the field tonight, 57.7% from three. Uh, let's see, also for the Cavaliers, Osmond coming in off the bench with 22 points, although he was just raining threes there in the fourth quarter. I know I'm not so sure how much you want to take that into account. But uh, let's see here. Jared Allen had 20 and 11, a double-double for him. Darius Garland uh, added 17 points and eight assists. For the Jazz, we mentioned Lowry Markkinen's 24. Jordan Clarkson had 23 on eight of 21 shooting. Uh, Walker Kessler had 11.6 boards. He also added a couple of block shots, but those were your only three jazz players in double figures. Yeah, it was a, it was an odd game that way. I thought, again, length slows the ball down. And this team being very long, you know, it's places where, like, Clarkson drives it baseline and he goes up in the air and he typically is able to find an alley across the court. Tonight, those alleys aren't there. And uh, so it, it did affect the jazz. I thought it affected their... Um, you know, their ability to get the shots they wanted and then obviously the outcome. Which was not good. Not good. Uh, the Jazz scored 21 points in the first quarter, 23 in the second. 
Second half got a little better. They had 27 points in the third quarter and 28 points in the fourth. But uh, by the time the fourth rolled around, the game was over with the Jazz down 20 going into the fourth quarter. So just not enough scoring punch. And then defensively, I mean, the Cavs really did whatever they wanted. I absolutely love the Cavs team. I do too. They're good. I mean, I knew they were good and hadn't seen a lot of them this year, so got to see them play. But where aren't they just stellar? You know, I mean, Okoro's obviously got to shoot the ball better. He's like 22% from three. But show me a guy who's going to lock into the ball any better. You know, he did a great job um, in his time out there tonight just being a pest. Um, I love Jared Allen. If you got Give me a big guy like him any day of the week. I mean, that dude is – he attacks the rim like no other guy in a while. Uh, and then you add Garland, who we absolutely love, Mobley. And Donovan, holy cow, that's Man, a really good team. You know, love Mobley. He can make a big impact on a game and not necessarily have the ball a ton. Exactly. He was four of six tonight, had 12 points, eight rebounds, three assists, but it seemed like he was constantly uh, making an impact on plays. Those dudes rebound the ball so well. I'm just looking to see the Jazz end up, um, you know, as the game kind of got sloppy, the Jazz rebound. Hold, hold that thought, Coach. Let's go to the TV feed with Donovan Mitchell. This is it's different when you're playing against like your friends, you know, when you guys you've been in the locker room with, battled with. Um, you know, I got a lot of respect for everybody in that locker room and for myself just to come out, set a tone, but understand it's basketball, man, and have fun and not overdo it and just enjoy it. Enjoy it. All right, there you go. We caught a little bit of that anyway. Not a not a long clip from Donovan there, but uh yeah, it's probably a different experience going up against a team that uh, you played for your entire career. It, yeah, it's gotta be really, really strange. And again, I thought you can get kind of crazy, take too many shots, you know, overdo it. But both he and Lowry conducted themselves great. We're both efficient as can be and, uh, you know, had good nights. All right, we're hoping Coach is going to come out here uh, momentarily and we'll have a chance to hear from uh, from Coach Hardy. But uh, Donovan Mitchell, again, going up against his old team, 23 points on uh, in 23 minutes on 8 of, of 12 shooting. And I think this Cleveland team, I don't know, I don't know, Coach. I don't know if they're better than Milwaukee. Milwaukee's still the favorite, in my opinion, in the league. Uh, Boston, obviously, is off to a really good start. But I, I'm with you. I really like how this Cleveland team is uh, is put together. Well, I, I do believe that guards, at the end of the day, in the playoffs particularly, really, they, they're the ones that, draw, that, that move the needle. And, I, uh, you know, we've obviously in love with Darius Garland, but Donovan's having just a remarkable year. You put those two guys with their ability and kind of the ability to play on and off the ball, uh, be able to shoot shots uh, off the bounce, both of them. They're great in transition. And then just surround them with those big, huge dudes that will just knock you around. I mean, to me, they they set up nicely in a playoff situation. They can stay healthy uh, and they can have a little bit of depth to that roster I think they're going to have something to say about it. And with the big front court, I think they can get away with having a little bit of a smaller backcourt. I wondered how that would go. Uh, hold that thought. Let's get to, to Coach Will Hardy. Um, they kicked our ass. They shot the ball unbelievably well from all three levels of the court. Um, they played with, with great tempo. They bothered us with their physicality in the first half, which is what got us behind the eight ball tonight. Um, I think our team approached the second half the right way. The game is tough when you don't make open shots, which I think tonight when we did generate good looks, we didn't make any of them. Um, 
you know, I thought for the most part we continued to compete with 15 offensive rebounds and forced 22 turnovers. We just never seemed to catch any type of a rhythm on the offensive end. And the times that we did make runs, uh, Cleveland answered, and they played great. That's a very good team that we just played. And it's a great opportunity for our team to continue to learn um, when we do play teams that are bigger and more physical than we are, ways that we need to adapt to the game. So the good news is these games only count as one. And like I said to you guys after our last game, it's never as bad as it feels, and it's our job to strip away the emotion, try to learn from this game, because we play again tomorrow. Yeah, what have you learned just having to face the top two defenses early? Yeah, I, I really don't get into much the fact that they're the top two defenses. I think it's how they play defense. They're just big and physical, and I don't think that we've had the necessary um, approach to the little things offensively things as simple as fighting for your space when you want to get a catch, um, sprinting to screen, bending your knees when you go to set a screen so that you can actually make contact and get your teammates open. Teams that are big and physical like this, they expose that when you don't do it. We can't just use all speed against them. You have to buckle down and be physical on the offensive end. I think when physicality is talked about generally in a basketball game, people think of rebounding and defense and those moments, but you have to be very physical in the NBA on the offensive end when you play defenses like the Cleveland Cavaliers. So um, I thought in the first half we did not do that consistently enough. I also thought there were moments where we got four or five great looks from three in a row and didn't make any of them. So it's both things are true. You can miss good looks and you cannot have the attention to the details offensively. And I think that these last two games have shown us that when teams do have a significant size advantage on us, we really have to be more cognizant of the little things to help each other create good shots because we don't have one player that we rely on to just break the defense down on their own. We have to help each other generate good shots. And for the majority of this season, we've done that. And that's why our offense has been top five in the NBA. But um, we can't have slippage in those areas after we play a couple of good games uh, and then you go up against good defenses. How much did you uh, miss Kelly and his ability to play above, play above the three-pointer? Yeah, Kelly's a big part of our team. He's a very versatile player, presents a matchup problem in a lot of ways because small guys struggle with his size and the bigger guys tend to struggle with the fact that he can space the floor and he's very skilled. So um, obviously... You know, we love when Kelly plays for us, but every night in the NBA is different, and you're never going to have 82 games of perfect health. And so it's on us as a group to adapt, for people to step up when they get opportunities, for us to be able to play some different lineups because you can't bet on perfect health. And, you know, Kelly has shown a lot of toughness this year he's played through a lot of bumps and bruises so far and you know they just couldn't go tonight so I think it's it's always nice when he plays but in no way am I looking at this game or our staff will look at this game and say oh if we had had Kelly it would have been different you know we have to approach the game with who we have and try to learn from it
Objection, leading the witness. Uh, I, I thought it was terrible. I mean, they got where they wanted to go. They made a lot of tough shots, but they also had, you know, 10 or 11 dunks. I think their physicality around the basket bothered us. I think we've talked about, you know, Walker continuing to grow in those areas when he's on the ball. I thought there were some plays where Jared Allen was just really physical and kind of pushed him out of the way and was able to finish. So the there were a lot of loud baskets. You know, they have very talented players. Donovan's an incredible player. Darius is an incredible player. Chetty Osman had an amazing game shooting the ball. So, again, it, it felt worse than maybe it actually is. I'll have to go back and watch the film, but our physicality on the ball just wasn't good enough. Um, if you let good players like that get into a rhythm, you leave yourself susceptible to them hitting tough ones after they've seen a few go in, which I think happened tonight. So I'm more concerned with the physical plays around the basket than I am with the jump shots that were made. And I think as a team, we have to continue to grow in that area. It's not you know, I mentioned Walker, but it's not just about Walker. It's about our whole team. We have to continue to improve in those physical aspects of our defense. Um, you know, you end up looking at it, and they scored four more points in the paint than we did, but I think it's how they scored those points in the paint, getting all the way on the basket, the 10 or 11 dunks. Um, transition was a huge part of those points in the paint. You know, they they really played off their defense, and, any time that we fell asleep, they ran out and got a layup. You know, Coro got the one early off a free throw, got another one late in the first half. So, you know, they did a great job of attacking us in a variety of ways tonight. It wasn't one thing that beat us. It was a combination of a lot of different things. There you go. That's Jazz head coach Will Hardy after his team uh, struggled tonight, losing to the Cavs. 122-99. to 99. Uh, With that, we'll say goodnight to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way tomorrow night. The Jazz will be in Detroit to take on Boyan Bogdanovich and the Pistons. That game will tip off at 5 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have more sound. We'll give uh, Coach Lacombe's further thoughts on this one as well. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz post game, Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight to the Cleveland Cavaliers by the count of 122 to 99. Post game is brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share. MarkMillerSubaru.com will get you some player sound coming up. But Coach Lacombe, we heard from Coach Hardy. There in the uh, last segment, he didn't pull any punches, said uh, they got beat up pretty good. Yeah, they, um, you know, it was a, a butt kicking, if you're going to say it in the radio friendly fashion. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, no problem. I just didn't want to have Jamil have to hit the button. Jamil had to be quick, quick on the draw <clears throat> with the button. Um, but, you know, he made some good points. He did say they got beat soundly, uh, but he also talked about how important it is to, and he came back to the little things. Um, something as simple as getting a catch. And sometimes you take it for granted because you're the bigger, stronger guy against the the smaller team, um, the less physical team. But tonight the Jazz were definitely the less physical team, and Cleveland just kind of stuck to them everywhere, made things really difficult. They made them hard to dribble, pass, and shoot. Um, Certainly the Jazz fought, and I thought they got some good performances 
Markinen we talked about, Clarkson I thought fought through a bunch and played hard. Um, but, you know, this Jazz team needs a little bit of everybody, and tonight it was just a couple of guys, and I, I do attribute that to the dominance of Cleveland in the game. Well, speaking of dominance, how about this stat, Coach? So the, the Cavaliers out-rebounded the Jazz 44-35. to But get this, the Jazz got out-rebounded on the defensive glass by 20, 40-20. The Jazz actually had 15 offensive rebounds to the Cavs' four, but still got out-rebounded 44-35. to Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, that defensive rebounding thing is, is definitely kind of starting to show up more and more often. Um, it's against teams like this that can just kind of put two or three big dudes at the rim, make it hard for the Jazz. I love their hustle. That 15 offensive rebounds is a great number. Um, but the defensive rebounding is concern. But I guess if the Cavs don't miss any shots. I guess that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah as, I, as I think through that, the Cavs shot 61% from the field. They were 43 of 70. Hey, there were seven rebounds out there, and we didn't. <laughs> so it's not like there were a ton of rebounds out there to be had. In fact, uh, as long as we're talking about it, Let's do the uh, the Master of the Glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. Uh, Safe Light Auto Glass, proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass is a three-way tie, Coach, so you get, uh, you get to choose who to award this to. The Master of the Glass tonight with six rebounds is either Lowry Markinen, Jared Vanderbilt, or Walker Kessler. Looking down that column. Takes me to an Iron Maiden song. And with that, I'm going to say, I think Larry Markinen deserves it. Too. All right. He was back home. I thought he played a solid game. Kessler got it the other night. Uh, we'll give it to Markinen. I don't know if we've ever had a game where their master of the glass had only six rebounds. I, I can't think of one. We had eight the other night. It was another tough rebounding night. So that number has been small, but I haven't seen it six. I don't for think the it's leader. been at six. That just seems... Not terrific. But again, if, if Cleveland's not missing any shots, then it's tough to grab rebounds. And uh, as you know, we talked about, 15 offensive rebounds is a really good number. But Cleveland made all their shots. And you know what? The Jazz only had 19 assists tonight. Looking at that, too. 19 assists on 36 made field goals. That's a low number, number for them this year. Length spoils ball movement. And Mike, Mike Conley had nine of those assists, but boy, Mike is still struggling to shoot the ball. Three of eight, one of three from three, and he had seven points to go along with those nine assists. So I'll still stand with the, the Jazz play much, much better when Mike is in the lineup. However, we just haven't seen him shoot the ball real well this year yet. No, and to that point, I think for his career, he's about a 43% field goal shooter, and tonight, or excuse me, the regular season, he's about 38 Um threes he's 38 career he's down to about 35 right now for the season so he's a couple notches below um but we've seen mike struggle and then get really hot um definitely awesome to see him get nine assists in a game like that well and the record will prove out or has proven out that uh this team is much much better with mike conley on the floor but and and of course in in true fashion you and i talking off the air as we're watching the game uh, about how you know we're saying, oh, Mike is still struggling to shoot the ball, and then of course he makes his only three mere seconds after we said that. So maybe we need to speak off the air speak about him air more. him struggling shooting because he just knocked it down. And you and I both said, oh, oh, okay, right on cue. Okay, I, d- I don't want this to get misconstrued, but I think Colin Sexton would have been a guy in the game tonight that could have created some fire. Oh, I think you know so I mean? too. Yeah. And, and not just because it was Cleveland, but a game like that where there's bigger guys, he's not afraid of, you know, mixing it up and he'll go 
Um, so, you, you know, this Jazz team, Sexton's a big part of it, and he's able to change the pace. be nice when they can get him back. Um, but, yeah, this these two games in a row, very, very interesting to see what the elite side uh, the, of defense defensive teams look like right sure now. is i totally agree with you about sexton though and probably saturday too because this team needed juice and he's a juice guy juice guy big time he, he's a big time juice guy and that's i don't want to say the jazz were flat but well i'll say they were kind of flat flat I, I called the game the other night a little bit of a dud this one i think you can put into that category as well and hans laughed he liked the word dud well it's very appropriate and you know what uh, can can sometimes lift the duddy performances? Somebody with a little juice. And actually, that's that's Olenek and Colin Sexton. They could have used both those guys tonight. Well, I do believe they missed Olenek's spacing, you know, because it's just different when he's out there. He can do so many things. He can attack you off the bounce. He's really good with those handoffs. Um, and then he's capable of shooting a three. So it, the defense just gets pulled wherever he is, you know. Well, when the Jazz have been successful this year, it's certainly been a collective effort. It's been For sure. Their guys showing up and, and everybody playing well, and that's been kind of the key to their victory. And when they don't get those complete performances, and maybe this is where they lack a, you know, a couple of top-end guys, and I say a couple because I think Lowry is proving that he can be a, a top-end guy in this league. But on, on nights where maybe everybody isn't on the same page and all – you know, really playing well. They need somebody that, uh, or you know, can have that extraordinary performance and and lift a team. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they they've got to continue to, to develop, right? With this team, the guys that are here, um, and then obviously as they go forward. But the culture is, you know, has been majority of this year that they come out and really compete. It will take everybody on this team to play pretty well um, for them to be successful. And tonight, they only you know only a couple of guys really were able to really scratch tonight. All right, post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. Your final jazz fall tonight to the Cavs uh, by the count of 122 uh, to 99. We'll get to some player sound coming up next. Stay tuned. You're listening to Utah. Printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my! Jazz postgame. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. 122 to 99 is your final. Jazz, uh, take a whooping. Uh, at the hands of uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers and a game coach that uh, really was not close at any point. And Cleveland, obviously elite offensively and defensively. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a real tribute. I, I think that Coach Biggerstaff's done a great job in a short period of time because they've had to you know, get Donovan in there and get it to work. And certainly it's done that. Uh, you know, Donovan's going to bring a lot of firepower to an offense. Um, but I think that everybody, it seems like the chemistry there is great, uh, that they get along. And uh, so far, so good for this Cleveland team. I think they are, I think they're one of the best teams we've seen this year. You know what, and, and the chemistry should be great, right? Uh, you make a move like that, and you're hoping that there's at least a, a pretty strong honeymoon period. I mean, that's, Cleveland gave up a lot for Donovan Mitchell, but that's an aggressive move. That's a That's a move with a young team to switch into the, 
you know, now is winning time kind of mode from building to winning. And we saw that transition with Cleveland last year because they had a good team. It was an overachieving team, but it was a good team. And then to make a move for an all-star, I mean, you're, you're trying to, well, be exactly where they are. You're trying to be top three in the East and give yourself a chance come playoff time. And I don't see why Cleveland couldn't come out of the Eastern Conference. I don't know if I'd pick them at this point, but that team is really good and playing really well. And I like how well they play defense. I do. I think it's great. They certainly know who they are. You know, I think they identify with that that physicality. Um, and then, as I mentioned, like you know, Garland is such a handful, and to have Donovan then paired with him when they when they come down the floor in a two guard set and they really stretch the defense out. Um, man, there's those lanes open up. There's a lot of space. And you have to respect those guys' range. So I really like them. They can play you know, multifaceted ball screen, a um, couple different big guys to play through and ball screen with. And then, you know, I got a guy like Karis Levert who played 31 minutes tonight. And he's just, he's usually a, a bucket. He was tonight in his 31 minutes. He ended up going uh, four for eight, 13 points, a um, couple of rebounds. Kevin Love with 10 boards, you know, another guy who, Certainly not going to go out there in major minutes, but he'll help you in short minutes. And I, I like the the makings of what they've got. Man, I like I like Lavert too. You and I both like Jared Allen. I'm I'm trying to uh, let's see here the the trade where the Cavs got uh, Allen. Let's see. I'll have to go through. Uh, I'll actually have to go through and re- uh, review this. But it is amazing. There were some good players on that Brooklyn team a few years ago, and in order to make room for this kind of super team that they assembled, they had to say goodbye. Some good players. To some really good players, and uh, obviously that uh, that benefits the Cavs because, man, he's good. Jared Allen is really really good, and so is Karis Levert. Both those guys contributors for no, sure, no doubt. All right, let's get to Lowry Markinen and his post game. Press conference. We're going to look at the film, what we can do better tomorrow, and that's the best thing about NBA. So we get to, we get a chance to redeem ourselves tomorrow. Do you, do you think you can be in pockets more aggressive um, within the offense, you know, just kind of, <laughs> hey, you know, not demanding the ball, not hijacking the offense, but just being a little bit more aggressive offensively? Uh, yeah, for sure. And I'm still learning that, kind of see what, where to get the, how to get the ball more, and uh, but like you said, just trying to play through the team offense. I think we got that's the best part of our team to be able to move the ball and find the open guy and make everybody make decisions. And but yeah, I'm still trying to find my way to find the ball more and uh, get to a good spot, especially when you when you have it going. So, but I think we're still figuring each other out and getting better. At it. What was it like being back? Oh, here? <laughs> it was fun. Uh, still talked to a bunch of guys from there, and uh, it was fun to see all the staff and still have a good good relationship with everybody. So it was a fun game, obviously. hope the result would be a little different, but uh, it was good feeling to be back with the just, just whatever. I, I heard the fans were kind of, Killing my name and happy to see me again, so that felt good. But and like I said, just seeing all the staff and those guys on the team, so it was fun, fun game, and so 
hopefully next time we have a little better result. Larry, what are you missing when you don't have Kelly? Uh, I mean, he's big, like everybody there playing a big part of our role. It's just the way our offense is, and obviously his ability to make plays off the dribble and make shots and space the floor, and I think he's been good on defensively too, guarding the big guys, and so definitely miss him. Uh, but we just got to find a way. Who knows? I, I don't know when he's going to play. I haven't talked to him about that, but I don't know how bad his injury was. So <laughs> just got to try to go day by day and figure out the figure out ways without him. And uh, like we talked about uh, earlier, I, I can't remember who was maybe it was Mike. Mike was out, and we talked about maybe in the long run because uh, that's part of the NBA. Like. In, Unfortunately, injuries happen, and we've got to figure out ways and to come together and play still great basketball as a team, no matter who's in or out. So in the long run, just having the experience playing without him, so it's going to be good for us, but definitely miss him. All right, there you go. That is Lowry Markinen, and uh, Lowry uh, was good tonight, 24 points, 6 rebounds on 7 of 12 uh, shooting. By the way, I just uh, looked through this this draft. Jared Allen, I forget, kinda, uh, came in exchange in the James Harden deal because that was a three-way oh, deal. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Houston got all those picks and players changed hands and Jared write, Allen li- lands on the Cavs. I've got to make a visual image. Jared Allen, fat suit. Okay, got it. That's that's what uh, Harden did, right, to force the yes, trade. Yes, and not isn't even on the Nets anymore. No, he's not. And Allen is a big-time contributor for this Cavs team, who at the moment are uh, higher up in the Eastern Conference standings than the Brooklyn Nets. So, man. Yeah, this, the East is, I, I do believe, you said this from the, from the very beginning, you know, we get five, ten games in and, and started to kind of see some of these East teams play. Uh, but you've made the comment a couple times that the East is better. I totally agree. I think just in watching, we haven't seen the Celtics yet. Uh, but I kind of know what to expect there. Milwaukee's in a better place than they were a year ago by far. Um, and this Cleveland team, they've, they've got a little something-something to them. So um, I, I, I'm very impressed by what we've seen from the East. Locke shot me down with that during crosstalk. Well, so, you know, hey. I mean, depends we on can, what you mean by. We can disagree, I guess. Better. Yeah, jeez. All right, we'll get to more coming up next. It's your Jazz postgame. The Jazz fall tonight to the Cavaliers, 122-99. to Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own Subaru story at MySubaruIs.com. We'll have more coming up next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. The outcome is in the books. Let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Postgame. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign real stories from Mark Miller's uh, real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, Jazz. Uh, fall tonight to the Cleveland Cavaliers, one twenty-two uh, to ninety-nine. Donovan Mitchell, if you're just joining us, uh, going up against the Jazz for the first time, had twenty-three points in just twenty-three minutes, eight of twelve shooting, two rebounds, also added an assist, and uh, frankly, could have had more than just twenty-three. But uh, Donovan 
did not play the entire fourth quarter because the game was already out of hand. Yeah, and it um, he would have definitely probably scored over 29.5, but he didn't play in the fourth quarter. So I guess that's sometimes why they throw those those things out there. Um, he played great. Uh, the over-under on him in Vegas, by the way, was over-under 29.5. Um, had he played in the fourth quarter, probably would have scored some, but um, he he really was confident. You know, he, he, that those those games can make you either really kind of hesitant. They can make you you know think too much. But he just went out there and played. Did a great job from the very beginning. It just kind of established in his spot. He did it in the ways we've seen him do it for a long time, and um, you know made kind of quick work. You said you used the word fall, and it definitely was a hard fall. It wasn't a slip. It was a it was like making contact with your shoulder on the concrete. It was that sort of fall to the Jazz tonight. Yeah. they, And, again, two games in a row. They hadn't really gotten blown out all year. And I I just wonder, you know, maybe some things catching up a little bit. You know, this, this is a good league, scouting all those sorts of things. But uh, we talked about this uh, a couple segments ago, or maybe it was last segment. I think they did miss uh, Kelly Olenek tonight, and I think they do miss Colin Sexton. I thought they missed his energy, and they could have probably used his playmaking a little bit, and they could have used uh, Olenek's spacing, as you said. But never really a game. You know, I mean, it was 1911 quick, and that margin just grew from there on out. Jazz uh, struggled to find any kind of continuity. I thought they, they actually did kind of get a little bit of a run um, in that kind of in response in the first quarter, but uh, it was thwarted, and they just couldn't con- they couldn't consistently get anything done offensively. No, and they, they needed somebody to help Lowry Markinen in the first half and then just needed – somebody to, to to help anybody in, in half number two. <laughs> help uh, me help you. Uh, Clarkson started playing a little bit better, but, I mean, the Jazz finished tonight with just three players in double figures. Markkinen's 24, Clarkson's 23, and uh, Walker Kessler, who got the start tonight for Kelly Olenek, had 11 to go along with his six rebounds, and he did add another couple of block shots in 25 minutes as he continues to just be a shot-blocking absolute machine. But there just wasn't a whole lot of positive that you can point to uh, for the Jazz tonight. I thought Coach Hardy was very matter-of-fact in his disappointment, specifically in the defense, um, and certainly admitted that Cleveland took it to him. Yeah, it's it's disheartening when you see a team that has shown you a little bit different, you know, all year long. Um, and it just, this this game, I noticed a couple of guys not really committed to getting back, you know. it's So it's little things that start to kind of uh, to wear uh, these road trips are tough, and, and you know these guys are human too. It's the holidays, and so it, it's a matter of trying to get this thing, uh, you know, get this thing back. They've got a, a very winnable game. Uh, they lost here in Salt Lake to Detroit, but they got a very winnable game next, and can get kind of the sour taste out of your mouth. You do have to have a short memory. You have to learn the lesson. You have to watch the film and and see. Hey, here's what we're talking about. But from there, you just now you got to put the other good stuff into play and kind of get rid of the bad. Well, it, kind of an example of that, you look at Malik Beasley. We talked about this with Lock and Boone. He's been one of the best three-point shooters in the league so far this year tonight. He was one for nine from three, one for ten from the floor. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's made himself a key guy into what the Jazz do specifically offensively, and he just really had a rough one. Yeah, and he's, you know, from time to time he will – you're just not going to be, unless you're Steph Curry or Dame, you're just not going to be a consistent night after night, big time shot maker. Malik is definitely on that next rung. Uh, he's definitely a guy who can, I think it was last game, he hit six more. 
So we've seen him hit multiple threes in many, many nights. But the key is, right, can you be consistent? And he's going to have some tough nights, particularly against good defensive teams. All right, let's check out the Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A one app. Tonight from the line, the Jazz were 17 of 23, 73.9%. Most of that damage done by Lowry Markinen, who was 7 of 10 from the line. Walker Kessler, only 1 of 4 tonight. Jordan Clarkson, 4 of 4 from the line. The Cavs, however, they were 21 of 26 from the line, and they spread it out uh, pretty good. Mobley had 6 attempts, 4 of 6. Jared Allen, 6 of 6. Donovan Mitchell, 3 of 3. Karis LeVert, 3 of 4 coming in off the bench. So Cleveland... Um, you know, if you go by those numbers, I, I think it it proves out that they were the more aggressive team tonight. Yeah, and that's typically what you look for. You look for, you know, the rebounding game. You look for those loose balls. Uh, but, yeah, you look to free throws. How how often are you really pushing the other team, you know, and really kind of pushing against their defensive wall and trying to get beyond it? Um, the, the Jazz tonight, I think from the beginning, saw that Cleveland was the aggressor, and it kind of stayed that way all night long. Also, want to remind you about our friends at uh, the Utah Jazz Most uh, Valuable Educators, presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas throughout the season. The Utah Jazz and Instructure will recognize 14 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from Jazz Bear, $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Uh, go to utahjazz.com slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator now. Um, the Jazz just shot 39% from the field, 10 of 34 from three, Coach, just 29%. Uh, neither one of those numbers is going to get you a whole lot of wins. But with this Jazz team in specific, we just talked about Malik Beasley, but uh, they're going to have to do better than 29% from three. Yeah, and I was looking at, you know, one thing I I try to look at is every defensive, every team's got a defensive DNA. So, you, you know, you can kind of see it in the shot charts and the numbers. And I noticed that as you kind of get inside the paint against this team, even in that short mid-range or long mid-range area, they make things a little more difficult, and that tells me length, right? Um, they're good at getting out and closing out on shots, um, and then they're a dominant rebounding team. So it, against those teams, Coach Hardy said it, you've got to do the little things. You know, you've got to you've got to go. When you screen somebody, you've got to hit a body. You've got to be prepared for a physical battle, and I think that's where they fell short tonight. Coach Hardy said it as much himself. They, they fell short a little bit in, in just the physical part of the game. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. Jazz fall tonight at the Cavs, 122 to 99. We'll get Coach's final thoughts on this one coming up next. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my! 31-23, Cavaliers by eight. Don't to steal a moment ago. Driving hard, falls to the ground, does the split, throws up a layup, wall on the ground in the split position. Mary Lou Reds and Simone Biles are impressed. 3125. That one's going to be everywhere. All right, your play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com driven by you. I like it how Locke went with both the old school gymnastics reference with Mary Lou Retton 
and the new school gymnastics reference with Simone Biles. Let's let's make sure everybody feels included on the uh, on the description of a very acrobatic shot by Taylor Horton Tucker, who really was in the splits and just threw it up. I'll see your Simone Biles and raise you an Olga Corbett. See, like Jamil is uh, yeah, Jamil. You're what mid twenties, right? Twenty three. So Jamil, of course, is like Mary Lou. What? Huh? But Simone Biles that landed. Obviously, yeah, right to hit hit home. But there's also some dude driving home. Was older, a little older than me. It's like chuckling. <laughs> Mary Lou Olga Corbett. <laughs> Olga. Yeah. See, you got to just. You got to know your audience. You got to be able to play to all of them. That's that, just part of the game. That shot was really something. There's, there's. It was no acrobatic. Yeah. It was acrobatic. It was. Hey, he's been very. Um, he's been fun to watch all year long. He's very unpredictable. Yeah. At times. Uh, Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru dot com. Jazz lose one twenty two to ninety nine tonight. Uh, to the Cleveland Cavaliers. If you're just joining us, the Jazz struggled scoring the basketball, shooting just 39%. Uh, they were led by Lowry Markinen, who had 24 points. 22 of those came in the first half. Jordan Clarkson had 23 on 8 of 21 shooting. Walker Kessler with 11. But everybody else scored, uh, struggled to score. Vanderbilt was 7. Mike Conley was 7, although he did have 9 assists. And just kind of a maj, uh, hodgepodge coming in off the bench. Uh, the bench unit was led by Taylor Horton Tucker, who had uh, six points. One of those uh, coming on in acrobatic from the splits fashion, which I'm sure if you uh, dial up Sports Center tonight, you'll uh, you'll be able to see that or or simply go online. It's not hard to find. Uh, for the Cavs, they were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 23 points in just 23 minutes. Efficiency for Donovan: eight of 12 shooting, four of five from three. Didn't even have to play. During the entire fourth quarter, Osmond coming in off the bench had 22 as he caught fire in the fourth quarter. Jared Allen had 20. Darius Garland uh, with 17 as uh, Cleveland put it in cruise control, and they win comfortably. Yeah, it, it was a night that the Jazz just had a hard time getting any kind of traction. And, um, you know, the common factor from the other night, which is a little bit disconcerting, is that length and physicality. But at the same time, the Jazz seen now pretty much everybody in the NBA. Uh, they got to play Boston yet, uh, but they've handled you know they handled the Pelicans fine. Uh, their length and physicality. So um, just something to watch tonight without Olenek. I think that did have a factor, not to the point or the extent of, of the loss, but uh, overall this Jazz team has shown they'll play good teams well. Um, and so I like I, I want to get see them get another crack at this Cleveland team coming down the. And I don't think we have to wait that long. I think it's somewhat soonish. And it'll be interesting to see the uh, the reception that Donovan Mitchell uh, gets when he comes back. And I would expect it's going to be a warm one. And it seemed for the most part that uh, Donovan was pretty enthused uh, about taking on the team. And we heard a little bit of his post-game comments uh, from the sideline and said it was a little bit weird, but uh, obviously he had a good night. You know, and it's not a prereq that you have to love everywhere you are. You know, I think we all, uh, I spent some time on the East Coast, and while I loved it uh, while I was there, I don't know that I would want to move back just because I'm a, I'm a kid from the, from the mountains, you know. Uh, so I, I just don't know that I'm with you. I think, we, I think you look at the good, you appreciate the good. This has been a win-win, and he said all the right things tonight, you know. So he's, he's a phenomenal player, uh, somebody will watch you know, watch what he does and this team does for a long time. He's he's made the Cavs really good. No, for sure.
and and they were good before, and he seems to be fitting in really nicely and could potentially take them to the next level, which, of course, is, is a great deal for Cleveland. Uh, Donovan himself uh, described, I believe, in that, uh, in that Mark Spears piece, uh, described the trade as a win for everybody involved, and he was including both franchises and, uh, you know, specifically himself and Larry Markkinen, which I, I got to totally agree with that take. I think that, I think that move, and despite everybody thinking that you have to smash the other team in trades, and I get it, that's actually kind of Danny Ainge's reputation, but I think that the best trades actually benefit everybody because that means other teams would be willing to deal with you because you're not out to just take advantage and whatever. But I, I totally agree with Donovan's take there that everybody seemed to benefit. Cleveland's a better team. The Jazz are, are kick-started into their rebuild and certainly added some talent that uh, that they can build around. I mean, you know, Colin Sexton and Larry Markin and those two alone have the potential to be with this club for a while, let alone the picks and uh, the other resources they were able to gather. So I thought that was a very astute take on Donovan's part. Yeah, it's um, something I agree with. I think it is a win-win. I think it will prove to be that probably long-term. Um, and so that's why I think at the end of the day, let the bygones be bygones. I think there's always in relationships, there's always rocky spots and messy spots. There's no perfect situation. Um, but I do believe that, you know, the, the jazz are better for having, you know, rub shoulders with Donovan and likewise the other way around. Um, I, I love having Lowry Markin in here in town. I think he's a perfect fit for this, uh, this reboot and, um, so a lot to be determined down the road as we look back at this. But tonight, the first time they played, um, I take my hat off to both guys because it's not easy to go out there and perform like that with all that emotion. And I thought they both did a great job. But I was thinking about this, you know, in the past when Jazz have lost, you know, high-profile players and even somewhat high-profile players, they haven't necessarily gone on to big things when they've left. Think Darren Williams, who did make an, at least one all-star team with the Nets, but he was never the same player really after he left. Gordon Hayward went through the the ankle and, and has not been the same player since he left. I mean, even go back to guys like Shandon Anderson and Howard Isley, who played really well for the Jazz and then both went to the Knicks, I believe, and uh, and didn't necessarily you know play all that well. And even back to beloved Jazz guys like Brian Russell, when they moved on, kind of fell off the map. That is not going to be the case with Donovan Mitchell. I think he is going to be spectacular for the Cavs, and this is not going to be one of those you know, where where maybe they they fall off and learn to appreciate a little bit more what they have with the Jazz. And maybe Donovan does, but I think Donovan is going to be spectacular for Cleveland and just get used to the thought that he's going to be really good in this league for a long for a long time. And and I think that's okay. I think it's, it's fine, great, right? Totally, yes. Um, I know there'll be some that oh, I want him to, you know, that that's petty. Well, uh, and he's in the Eastern Conference, so right, what, you know exactly. what, it doesn't make a make a difference. I I would get fans maybe being a little more bent if he were playing for the the Lakers or, or the Suns or somebody in the West where you have to go up against them in the playoffs and a bunch of times. You know, he's going to be over there in Cleveland, where where it'll be easy to 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 say way to go and watch from afar and really not have an impact on the team that you cheer for. And bottom line is this: he's he's found a great home. Uh, he he fits so well there. It's going to be fun to watch that team because they're right. They're, they're kind of climbing it, you know, right now. Garland's uh, a year or so off his All Star appearance. Um, you know, Donovan comes in to kind of shore that area up. But you're, you've got a, a budding star in Mobley. You've got a high producing, high flying big man in Jared Allen. Um, and then Okoro, you know, is he going to be good enough to kind of be that piece for them? Maybe they make a move 
you know, as the, as the season moves on. But Cleveland will have they're they're going to advance and have something to say about it in the East. I don't know if they're going to win it, but they'll be a big time threat. And will uh, Bickerstaff be the right coach? And I would exactly. say so far so good. Yeah, he seems to kind of have a good temperament for that club. Um, I, I'm sure, like Will Hardy, you know, I'm sure he can he can ramp it up when he needs to. But I I think there is some. We, and we know this. Donovan's very insightful, very thoughtful. We always used to love his post games because he talks a lot about the process. I did like his post games. His post games were always good. And you know what I liked about him is he 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 was always accountable. He never really ducked responsibility when he didn't play well or when they took tough losses. I mean, it, it almost got painful last year because he wouldn't duck responsibility in the post games, and sometimes they were a little hard to listen to. But that's better than. Um, I, I won't get too off track with this, but uh, we did a weekly interview with uh, a coach named Jody Sears, who was the coach for one year at Weber State. And it was after John L. Smith kind of left him high and dry. And I, I, they didn't win a game. And they really just got massacred in all their games. And, and honestly, it, it wasn't necessarily Coach Sears' fault, but he would come on every week and say, oh, it's great. We're turning it around. And it was just so positive each and every week. That was hard to listen to because it's like, Coach, we're – we're watching. It's not going well. And, and Donovan never did that. He never he never really tried to polish or shine when when things weren't going well. He was pretty real about the whole thing. I I don't think you can complain honestly too much about Donovan Mitchell and the way way he carried himself as a member of the Utah Jazz. Contributed a ton and was a great great player, all star, one of the best players in Jazz history. Yeah, I loved watching him. I loved having him here. Got to know him a little bit. Liked what I what I saw there. Wish him the best, obviously. Wish the Jazz could have figured out a way to, to win tonight. But they'll get another crack, um, and we'll get to see this uh, this whole thing one more time. All right, hit us with a couple final thoughts, uh, Coach, before we turn the page to tomorrow. Well, certainly concerned for the first time. You know, just that uh, the, the Jazz, I, I kind of puffed out my chest. Like, these guys haven't been blown out. You know, 15-point loss, I think, was the worst uh, prior. And... Uh, these two games kind of got away from them. Uh, you do have to consider the, the competition and, and the defense. Um, but I do believe that Olenek being out tonight hurt the Jazz. They've got to figure out a way to do the little things consistently. I think that's going to be the key for them to kind of stay in there. Uh, Coach Hardy alluded to it tonight, but that's what they'll, you know, that's what I think probably the most important thing they spend their time doing. All right, we want to say a big thanks to everybody who helped out with the broadcast tonight. Of course, David Locke and Ron Boone, uh, our uh, broadcast assistants. Thanks for the work they put in. 